All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and such grace was upon them all. There were no needed persons among them, for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the, brought the, money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and bought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so fooled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you agree to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. All right. Thank you. What a text to preach on. Thank you, Pastor William, for giving me this great job. All right. Imagine, this is why we did not we did not take offerings. All right, uh, we pass on the offering bags, and suddenly two people drop dead in the church. What are you going to, what are you going to do, right? Recently, I've been uh, kind of um, reflecting on my my ministry and my uh, following the Lord in the last forty years, forty something years, when the Lord first called me and didn't know what to do, and I haven't. I think as I reflect back these years, I've I've done something. But I also failed a lot. I think, I think it's not what we do that count. It's how our heart, our heart, are we truthful to God? I think that, that counts. Um, I think, I think um, following the Lord and serving the Lord is like uh, running a marathon. 42 Ks. Like here to run over to Harbour Bridge and come back. Yeah, that's about, that's about right. I think the Google is about right, that, that distance. So you don't dash the 100 meter, you know, fall on. And then after 200 meters, you, and you have no more energies, right? So you, we need to pace ourselves. Um, but all these times, we need to be truthful. Truthful, okay. 1991, there was this, um, in the newspaper, the, the headline was, track uh, marathon and poster foil by a moustache. What did it mean? So the, actually the thing was, it was this in 
Brussels, okay, the, the capital of Belgium, yeah. It was this marathon, very, very famous, okay, this, all, all these international runners joined in, and they were top, top, not top people. And this guy, Tehami from Algeria, won it easily. And, uh, but something happened, some, some, some just, someone just noticed, hey, something wrong. This guy, Tihami, when he started, obviously he would be one of the you know, notable runners. He kind of, they, they, they kind of recognized this guy had a mustache. But when he finished, at the end, his mustache is gone. What happened? It was actually, they found out, it was his coach. All right? Started the race for him at the beginning. And somehow, you know, 42Ks, there bound to be some areas, some spots that, that there was no spectators and there'll be some, you know, some round corners under, uh, behind the bush. And that was exactly what happened. That seven miles down the road, his coach finished that first seven miles and then Tehami was behind the bush and his coach passed on to the number, play, number flag to him and he just ran on. Now, now imagine international marathons under five minute mile, right? And if you have run, someone have run five, five, seven miles under five minutes for you, and then you start on the eighth mile, of course you will, you will win it quite easily. And he thought he could have gone without notice, but no. And he and his coach was banned from Brussels Marathon from forever and ever. I think, I think that, that's something that's to teach us. Uh, we, th we can impose to others. Oh, I'm pretty spiritual. I love the Lord. I give you all, my, all, my, all I have, Lord. And people say, you know, they see, see us, oh, he's pretty pious. But God knows. And this is what happened in this passage here, right? Ananias and his wife. Uh, can you imagine? Everybody was giving all they have. It would, be, it would be a pretty, pretty awesome church. And he, I think he and his wife also wanted that kind of, oh, yes, we want to be loving God. We want to do the same. But then they, just, they were stuck there, and they wanted a way out. But that really costed their lives. So let us have, you know, think about this passage. Um, Acts, we've just read that passage before. I think, I think Luke, when he was re, uh, writing this, he was recording that, that, that sharing and the giving of the believers enriched the early church. That was what he said in the, in the text itself. But there was this couple who conspired deception, resulted in immediate death. Now that, that would be shocking. You know, I was, if I was Peter, just witnessed these things, just said one word, one, one phrase, and then one died, and said something more, and, then, and his wife died as well. That, no wonder, it, the passage said, it was fear amongst the people. I'm sure if it happened here in PCBC, I'm sure more than fear, <laughs> okay? Right, but I think, I think 
when Luke recorded this passage here in, 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 in Acts, I think God will want to speak to us today. Oh, genuine devotion blesses the church, especially in 432 onwards. But fake piety brings destruction. That's in chapter 5, 1 to 11. May the Holy Spirit speak to us all. No matter how, how long we have served or how long we have been in church, or whatever we do for the Lord, I think the Lord really see what's inside here. It's not how much we have done, uh, how, what sort of spectacular things we have been experienced. Right? I think the Lord sees our heart. Okay. Exciting, uh, exciting things happen in Acts. Okay, in the past month or so, we started Book of Acts. You see, in chapter two, the birth of the church. Wow, the Spirit came, right? And it was, it was, it was evangelism. It was conversions. Uh, it was three thousands. But then immediately, there was oppositions. All right. I think last week, Casey preached about chapter 4, all right? But even with that oppositions, that, that didn't stop the, the prayers to God. And God answered their prayers by, you know, shaking the ground, all right? And they knew because they were praying, Lord, strengthen your servants so that we can have courage and boldness to preach. And, and please work signs and wonders as we preach. And, and the Lord just shook the ground, and they knew that their prayers were heard, all right? But immediately after that, internal problems. Ananias and Sapphira, all right? They deceived God. But that didn't stop God's work. They overcome with it. You see, you see at the end, uh, the, yes, there was there were fear. But they didn't, that, that didn't stop the gospel spreading. That didn't stop the growth of the church. I think that's something that's really, really telling, you know. In the past 30 years in PCBC, we have been through ups and downs, the roller coasters, just like that, okay. We haven't experienced oppositions or persecution yet, yet, all right. We will see how the Lord will lead us. But we've been through, you know, uh, good times and bad times, fa uh, successes and failures, uh, maybe more failures and successes. Um, but the Lord has been good. Yeah. So you, you see in the in the in the book, book of Acts, if you if you if you seek that word, the word word, okay, logos. It was time to time, it was describing the the word was advancing, 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 despite. All these circumstances happened. The word was keeping advancing from Jerusalem through Samaria, Judea, to the ends of the earth. That was Rome at the time, chapter 28. So the word and the Holy Spirit was keep working and, and, and advancing. But they, it, it was through a bunch of fragile, fallible, weak people like us at that time. So, why do I love the church? Yeah, the church has a lot of failures. I mean, I failed the church, and the church failed me. Sure, there have been frustrations, there have been all sorts, 
But why do we love the church? Because Jesus is the Lord of the church. Um, surely we're all sinners. We're forgiven sinners, all right? And we cannot expect this like heaven, right? If this is not hell, certainly, but this is not heaven, all right? We're, we're sinners gathering together. Surely we, we, that's why the, the, the New Testament teaches us to forgive one another, to forbear one another, to, to accept one another, because we're sinners. We're on our ways to heaven. We're, we're following the Lord, right? We have our, our shortcomings, but why do we love the church? Why do we serve? Why do we, why do we want to bless the church? Because Jesus is the Lord of the church. Because Jesus died for the church. I love the Lord, therefore I will love the church. So let's, let's have a look. How do we do that? Okay. Genuine devotion blesses the church. See, in 433... 434, 435. With great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. And there were no needy persons amongst them, for from time to time there were those who owned land or houses, sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had needs. And actually in verse 44, uh, 32, which I've forgotten to place on there, verse 42, you can see all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. Oh, thank you very much. I, I've forgotten about that. Right. Um, I think... When you see, especially the last phrase in verse 34, 32, you say, oh, the church, we need to share everything together, and we need to sell our lands and houses. I'm not coming to church. I'm not going to give it to you. Come, where's your newest BMW? Sell them. Bring it to the pastor's feet. Of course, the true church of Jesus do not, do not, need you to do that, right? It's only the fake ones you give all the money to the church, all right? But this is a very descriptive um, passage. What it means, it was describing something happened. It's not a prescriptive passage that you must do this. We, we know the difference, right? So it, Luke was was purely describing, describing what was happening at the time, okay? I think, why they, I think we need to know why they shared everything to, they, together, why they, they would sell the land and houses and brought it to the, to the apostles' feet. The important thing was, would be the, in, in the first two sentences in verse 32. All the believers were in one heart and mind. Why? How? Because they were, their lives were changed by the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Just like the sermon that preached by Peter 
in chapter 4 and in chapter 2. Because of that, the mentality was changed. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. Because they had something greater. They have something more precious. So all these material stuff seems not so important. Do you experience that? I experience that. Not saying that I, I, I don't need the money or, or, or uh, as material stuff, but it's not as important as, as I hold on to so tightly. Now, if you guys, if some of you guys are married here, you will know, you will know what I'm saying. Okay? Prior to your marriage, all right? Okay, Gary. You would, he pointed to you. You would just, I would just go where I want to. I would just spend the money whatever I want to. I would just, you know, hang out with who, whoever I wanted to, male or female, right? You don't do it now, right? Of course not. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you have something more precious or more important in your life, other stuff seems to be less of concern. I think we all need priorities, right? And we all need focus. Even you have your, your phone, right? I say, if I want to take a shot, just like that, okay? If I don't, I mean, this has a lot of autofocus, right? But even that, if I take it too soon, it's not focused, I mean, what kind of photos is that? We need to have focus in our lives. And when we experience the Lord, the most precious Lord, in my life, every other thing seems to be less of importance. This is what happened. Because they truly experienced the transformation from the death and the resurrection of the Lord, these possessions seem to be not so important. And, and they saw needs. And very naturally, they just expressed and, and, and put them into actions. No one told them to. <laughs> I'm sure the apostles, suddenly they found, whoa, how come so many people bring money? They didn't know what to do. The simple thing was, oh, who had needs? Okay, we just distrib distribute them to, to those who had needs. And they did not do well. And in the, later in this chapter 6, you know they didn't do well. They, the distribution was not e, you know, wasn't evenly done. And that, that's why there was complaints. So there was not an organization, there was not a structure already set there and people, come, 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 bring your money, come, 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 if not, kick you out. No, it was not, nothing like that. So Luke simply described the people, the hearts of the people changed. And that's, that's what they knew to bring their stuffs, and to help others. Others. That's the expression. All right. Same thing. It was in chapter two. Luke described it twice. All right. So, when we look at it today, you know, don't don't please don't misunderstand. 
Uh, can you help me with the next slide? It's stuck, stuck there. All right, selling of their properties. Okay, it was it was voluntary. Okay, it was spontaneous, and it was temporary. So it was not something that every Christian must do. So Luke simply described the phenomenon at the time. But the, but the important thing was people's heart was changed by the faith in the resurrected Lord. I think, I think that that's why the early church was so exciting, so loving. And we can, we, I'm sure that the same Lord, the same Spirit, the same Word is with us, right? And we can we can work, lift this out as well. I've been reminded of that. I've been reminded of this. Now, I'm not advertising for these guys, okay? But there are only three supermarkets, you know, grocery stores you can buy vouchers, okay? About this time last year, it was uh, the church members beginning to, you know, test it positive, and, and, and there was, they had to stay home. It was more, actually, it was more tense last year, this time last year, right? So there are people realizing that, oh, there are, there are people falling sick and they, they couldn't work and some business, you know, they own businesses, they had to close. So what can we do? Very spontaneous, really out of their heart. Um, Pastor, I, I really want to do something. But I don't know what to do. I, I felt that the Lord has inspired me to give some money. I didn't know what to do. Okay, oh, okay. Um, he actually, uh, this guy asked me twice, three times. I didn't know what to do, you know. And then somehow the same spirit inspired others. There were more, more, more money came in. It was five figures, right? It was a fair bit. So I talked to the deacons uh, and the pastors. What should we do? And then... Because as a church, as a, a charitable, charitable organization, we've got to be very careful with, with you know, using the money through the church to help because the RLD wouldn't like it. So we kind of um, resolved to, uh, the, the deacons board authorized me and two other deacons to handle this. So they, they trusted us and us three will hold ourselves accountable, all right? And then to, to how, how do we use the money and to distribute? And, and actually, while we're doing that, more, more money came in. Even we still have a few, few hundred dollars left after a year, right? And many people has, has been helped. You know, when I, when I was uh, distributing, was, uh, was sometimes I, was, I, I bought vouchers, sometimes it was cash, sometimes actual groceries. When I was sending this, these to, to the homes, to different homes, when I was driving to those homes, I was in tears, you know, I tell you. You will see the beautiful love of God working amongst his people. I was very moved. And I, I thank the Lord. I got, the, I got the, this good job of, of sending the love of God to his people. It was because 
all the believers, no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. That is the attitude. It's not, it's not the outcome. I mean, we can do, we can, we can, a big, do a big project. But if, we, if the attitude is not right, God is not pleased. But if our attitudes are right, even, you know, we fall flat with a, with a project, God is, can still use it. Right? So let's, let's set our attitudes right before the Lord. Be genuine. Oh, five, five loaves and two fish. He can still use to feed thousands. It's not what, how much we have. It's how genuine we are. Okay. Was this Barnabas at the end? Was the, the figure that pointed out? Yeah. He gave everything. And the Lord was pleased. And later on, later on, God used Barnabas to help Paul. That is the kind of attitude God can use. Right? But the thing is, fake piety. That's the complete opposite, the contrast to the chapter 4. This couple, Ananias, Sapphira, they kept back part of the money. Now, they didn't have to give. They didn't have to sell. No, no one pressured them to. No one pressured them to give all. It, it was their own willingness to do that. But imagine this couple, you know, they were, taught, they were in the church. You're saying, oh, look at Barnabas. Oh, wow, he sold everything. He placed everything. Oh, wow, how wonderful, how godly. And somehow in their, in their heart, in their pride, um, people knew, knew that we were wealthy as well. Oh, yeah, we can sell our properties. And, okay, we sold, they sold their properties. And then, they, and then they struggled. Should we give all? Well, well, I don't have that much faith. Oh. If we give, it, give them all now, if we get old, who's going to look after us? But if we don't give, we, we already told them we're going to give. What, ha- what, what are we going to do? Let's keep part of the money. And that was the problem. I, I'm sure if they, if they told the apostles, we're only giving some parts. We, we're keeping some of them. I'm sure that wouldn't be a problem. Because, as said, it was not compulsory, right? It was really out of their willing hearts. But I think that the struggle was they deceived. Um, They let Satan to enter into their heart. Deception always allowed Satan to have a foothold. And notice, Peter said, you did not lie to us. You lied to God. You tested the Holy Spirit. It's not to men. It's to God. So that was the problem. I think, I think we need to be very, very careful, all right? Um, truthful heart. 
we need to be. This is our attitude. This is our attitude to God. I think, as I said, in the past many years, I'm not a very gifted person. I don't have this kind of dynamics to lead big stuff, you know. But one thing I, I, I need to keep constantly reminding myself: need to be truthful. Need to be truthful. What do you get? He, I mean, different people will have different talents, okay? But if you give me fifty, I'll just with a fifty, I will let God to multiply it, okay? I don't want to pretend. We don't need to pretend to be some someone else and do something great. We don't copy and paste. I think always there was a temptation of of pretending and deceiving. All right. Now this kept back. This word very interesting. Uh, some commentators uh, related this kept back. This this word. In Greek, was the same word the story of Achan in Joshua seven, when he took the devoted things when they were entering Canaan. Remember the story, all right? Because Israel was embarking a new journey, going into Canaan, and God did not allow them to have any sin. To contaminate them, so Achan took that devoted thing. That was something that was an abomination to God, and God had to do, had to act. It seemed to be quite a, a severe punishment, right? But because for the whole of the, of the Israel, God could not turn a blind eye to the sin. Same thing here, same word. And that word kept back can be translated to steal. He was stealing from God. He said he it was given all, but in fact he stole for what he what he has promised to God. He stole part of it. He kept it for himself. And that deception would affect the whole of the church advancement. That's why God had to act. We may say God. It's very mean. <laughs> we, uh, that's why it's hard to preach this 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 text. You know, if if we if we're new believers or we are non-believers, we think even if we are if we are mature believers, we still I still struggle. God, couldn't you be a little bit more merciful? You know. Okay, first, second time to Sophia, it was uh, his wife was a little bit better. At least Peter said, "Are you sure you have given all?" Right, but but Ananias, there was no reply, and it was just dropped dead right away, right? But I, I think one one head, one brain here, I say, yeah, I I I question, but on the other side, I say, the Lord knows what He's doing. It's 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 me, it's not Him. So I think I think we need to, we can question, but also we need to know. God is God. What happened? God allowed it. Yes, has to be something that was wrong. And for and and God would know what was the best 
way to deal with it. It was about two years ago at St. Patrick's Square. I think it was maybe a couple, uh, after a, a stormy night. It was this big tree that fell and, and kind of fell on this, this car. If that car was belonged to the vicar, the vicar would have to really think what happened to, with the church. And, and there was people were talking about, oh, it was because of the, st- the rain and the storm, the severe wind, that, that it just, just brought the tree down. But then these um, specialists, the tree specialists, came in and had a look at the tree. And they examined, and they said, no, it was not the storm or the rain or the, the wind. It was the tree itself. It rotted. It rotted. It had been rotten for a long time. Anything would bring it down. If you carelessly just lean on the tree, it probably will fall down. I think in our lives, we often blame. God, why do you want to, why, why I'm like this? You know, why, why my, my faith fail? Why am I, why am I in, in this state? Why do you allow these things happen to me? Maybe. It's something here, started long ago, that we couldn't face any, any trials or tests. Anything can bring us down. Maybe we need to examine ourselves. Are we, are we corrupted inside? We allow Satan to have a foothold in our lives? Were there deceptions? Were there sins? Slowly, slowly building, corrupting myself, ourselves. Anything would just bring us down. But praise God, I mean, he is merciful. Surely he, he is a just and holy God, but he's also merciful and kind. Now, I, I, I often think if God would react to us, Every time he reacts, re- reacted to Ananias and his wife, we all be dead. After a year becoming Christians, all Christian died. Right? Surely, I, you know, I lied to God. Have you? Be careful what you sing, man. I give my own Lord, and we held back some a lot of promises if God hears what you sing, what you pray and then seeing your life next week we won't be here but the Lord is merciful and kind praise God (laughs) I would have dead 20 times (laughs) right but God is merciful and kind and we can come and acknowledge our, our weaknesses, our failures, and ask him to forgive. And surely he will. It's exciting to see, to read Acts. 20 years, uh, you've been here for 20 something years, right? Um, yeah, I've been in this church for 20 years, and some of us. Longer, some shorter. 
The church has nothing to boast. We can't brag anything. The Lord enable us to be here to give us the next generations and the next generations to 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 take up the baton to to proclaim His word to bless the community. It's not us. We could have we could have died, all of us, but it's His kindness, His mercy, that He allows us, with our with our shortcomings, with our with our limitations, with our weaknesses. Let his name be praised. But let us continue to work alongside, to cooperate with our mighty God. And let him work wonders. Yeah, and I'm so glad that the Lord brought me back 20-something years ago, 20-something, 21 years ago? Yeah, 20 years ago? Yeah. And yeah, I was glad to to grow up with you guys. Yeah, and, and you were small but now you're leaders and it's so wonderful to know god is work at work in our lives